Hey, how you doing? It's Clayton here from HowToDrawComics.net, along with co-host Rick Bueller for another HTDC podcast episode. And today we're talking about the learning process a comic artist goes through, and in particular, at what point it's time to take off the training wheels and ride on your own. In fact, Rick put this topic forth for the show today, and we figured it'd be a conversation worth having, because of course, it's something which is applicable to all of us who are seeking to harness our skill set and master the art of whatever speciality we've chosen to develop them in. So Rick, why don't you start us off and give us your take on this notion of walking on your own two legs as an artist, being proactive enough to go out there and seek out the information you want and need to know about and learn about to get to that next level. Well, the, the idea, that the, the whole thought that sparked it was in, in the group, there's been a lot of messages, uh, posts about what kind of paper do you use, what kind of pencil do you use what kind of digital po- programs do you use and when I'm, I'm sat there when I read this and I'm and I'm I'm thinking but you don't need all that yet unless you're at the level where you where you're thinking that because you need to you need you you, you need to train you need to learn for you need to learn before you have to dabble in those kind of things my thought about this uh, whole whole thing was to tell people to stop, kind of, st- uh, kind of tell people to stop thinking about which items is the best, and, and instead start of thinking about how do I improve with the the items that I have? Because if you can, if you can draw with a cheap cheap pencil from a, from a normal supermarket on a cheap piece of paper on the norm, uh, from the supermarket as well, you'll be able to do it with the expensive stuff as well and it will be easy and it will be funny of the job but you'll have the basics learned in the hardest way possible yeah so you're talking about like the really simple stuff that really should just come through natural instinct essentially i mean let's face it all you really need to draw is a pencil and some paper right it doesn't really get that much more rocket science than that does it um and i guess you know, that is something that we get caught up with in the beginning is we kind of think the tools are what is going to make us the artist. So we look at the pros and we figure out, you know, what kind of ink they're using, what kind of, you know, grade of pencil they, they, they use when it comes to developing their artwork and the kind of paper that they're using or, you know, if they're doing it digital, what, what software, what applications they've used to develop their work and produce it. And, you know, I got to admit, man, I was exactly in that place when I was, you know, back in my younger years trying to learn this stuff. You know, I wanted to know what kind of hardware people were using as far as tablets and, you know, the digital ways of drawing because that's the kind of mediums I worked in. I figured if I wanted to pull off some of the awesome stuff that I was seeing out there online at the time, I was about 16 and, you know, digital art was really only starting to become a big thing at that point in time. So video games were using concept artists and they were putting out these really high production projects that, you know, came along with, you know, these beautifully illustrated art and making of books where you got to see the character concepts and you you got to see the environment art that went into the ideas that were ultimately produced in the finished product. And 
so I was looking at that artwork and I was looking at the artists that were creating it. I think conceptart.org at the time really caught my eye and some of the people producing on there. And, you know, man, I've got to say, I, I really wanted to figure out exactly what it is they were using, how they were using it, and the kind of techniques and methods behind what they were doing so that I could, you know, hopefully replicate that and achieve similar results. So what I'd, what I'd ask you is... What say you you are a newbie, and we've all been there. We've all been newbies. I'm I like to think of myself as an an ever perpetuating newbie because I'm constantly learning new things. You know, look at the work I did yesterday, and it's terrible compared to what I did today. I'm always learning. But what would you give a someone who's completely starting out from the beginning, advice wise, as far as the direction that they need to go in? Because I find that the reason that I branched out to seek out these other artists and to figure out what they were doing was what I needed to do in order to have some kind of course to go on. Because without that, you're kind of flying blind, I feel. So well, this would be an interesting conversation. Indeed, <laughs> because there's many opinions about it. Um, but to answer your question, my, my recommendation is do your basic work, do your artwork to focus on your on your art, not not your tools, not yet. That's not that's of that's not important until you get to a point where you can where you feel it will make it easier for you. If you work as I said, if you work with the with the with the toughest pencils to master and the tough on the baddest paper to draw on it will, and and you learn and master and master basic structure from that. When you when you then jump to easier paper with easy with with proper two HB pencils and and all the other professional stuff, it'll become so much easier and it will be less straining and you'll feel more advanced at that point. You'll feel more like ah okay, this is this is the next step for me. I've I've gone past I've gone past the basics. This is the next step. I can feel that because I allow yourself to, when you level up, like in a game, level up your tools as well as you level up your experience with the art and what you learn. Hmm. I get what you're saying. You're saying that you know it's not the tools that determine what your the artwork is that you're going to ultimately create, right? Exactly. Like Brian Finch. Uh, yeah, Finch. Uh, I probably it's Brian Finch, right? Brian Finch. I always you mean David Finch? Yeah, yeah I always mix Brian and David Finch yeah. up for some yeah. reason. <laughs> Anyways, he he was he, he he's done some YouTubing videos for like years back, many years back. Where someone asked him, where someone asked him, uh, I remember the comment asking, "What kind of brush is it you're using?" And he and he just brought. And he just wrote whatever whatever I felt was needed. It doesn't matter the brush you use as long as you know how to use it. Mm. And that's a good point. Know, know your tool instead of letting your tool control what you do with it. So you've got two roads that you can go down at that point, right? So say, for example, there is a, a new brush or a new pencil that you need to learn to use. This Again, there's two ways that you could go about that. You could go out there, trial and error, and try to figure it out on your own. 
and learn it that way. Or you could seek information from a professional like David Finch or like Jim Lee or really anyone who has used those tools before, figure out what they did to learn how to use them and how they use them, and then just do that and kind of skip the whole trial and error phase in the first place. And that that's kind of speed up the learning process, right? No, no, you're going to jump you're going to jump out or you're going to jump away from that learning process and skip it entirely and then it'll come and continue bite you in the butt the more you process and just push that away like I no need to, no need to worry about that it won't because I could have just skip it no don't skip it push yourself into the working the trial and error don't don't go for perfect practice every day and fail every day because the more you fail the more you know the more you learn to get back up and push harder and harder and in the end you you'll be able to do it yourself your own way and not just a quote-unquote copied way that you've taken from someone else that isn't really your your approach to to what you do because individuality is what's most important for comic book artists or artist in general after all because it's being an individual that gets you recognized as an as the artist that you are if you ask if you completely quote-unquote copy it let's continue with Finch mm. Finch's work altogether do you think you would get as noticed and as popular as him no of course not you wouldn't because it wouldn't be your style it will be Finch's style that you basically just taken as your own instead of being an individual and make, making your own style out of it. Mm. It's, it's very interesting that you say that because, for example, David Finch, his particular style is derived from another artist. I forget what the name of the artist is, but um, you know, maybe someone listening uh, probably already knows this, but it is he's uh, he's taken inspiration from a European artist. I think, again, I forget their name, but what mm-hmm. he's done is he's used their style and he's built upon that. So he's taken the way that they render and, and some of their line waiting techniques, and he's kind of turned it into his own thing, no doubt by taking from a bunch of other artists as well and kind of combining those styles together which if you listen to artists like Jim Lee, even Todd McFarlane, you know, all of these artists, they've done pretty much that. Because, again, this is something that I I really, uh, I guess, am intrigued by, you know, this whole conversation, because you're right in a sense, Rick. I I think that individuality is an important thing. Having your own unique look an identity to your artwork where people can look at it and they know it's yours, right? They recognize you for it. Man, that's one of the most sought-after things we all want for our art. We all want as artists. We want people to look at our artwork and be instantly recognizable for what we've created. Yet at the same time, when I'm teaching a classroom full of students uh, for the first time, one of the things you'll see is that especially if they don't have any inspirations or no real uh, direction that they want to take their artwork in, no influences, so to speak, what they will typically come up with is very generic pieces of art. 
Okay, so the way they draw characters and the features that they implement into those characters, they're kind of just pulling from basically the, the empty bucket inside their imagination, which really ha doesn't have any input in there just yet. So one of the things I do, one of the first things, is I'll get them to research an artist that they like. You know, they like the look of their style. They think that maybe they could take that on and produce something which they enjoy looking at. You know, because, I mean, if you don't like your own artwork, right, you're not going to really be that motivated to create it. So, um, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, most of the time, what gets us into art in the first place is other artists. You know, we see their work and we have this insatiable need to be able to create stuff to the same standard of quality. It inspires oh, us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree with you there. And I think you you, you got me all wrong because I'm not, say, I'm not saying taking inspirations from other artists and follow their mm. style to, to a certain ex extent is wrong. But going so so hard out to copy them at that you want to draw like them even use the, the tools that they use in order to do what they do i think that's taking the step too far away from your uh, from from making your own individual style mm. by you can you can copy too much after all as we talked about in an early episode as well yeah, and in yes, a sense, I guess that's limiting, right? Like, if, if you only ever work in this other artist's particular style, that's limiting. Like, you never get to go beyond that because the style that they've set become the boundaries that you're confined to, essentially, unless you're brave enough to go outside of that and build upon what you've learned from them. You've done that. You've done, And you've said it a million times yourself that you take, that you take inspiration from your favorite artist and mix them together to work uh, to make your individual and well-recognized style out of it that that's my po that's my, uh, one of my points that that's how you should do it instead of taking it all and then you you'll just be a copy of that artist instead of being your own artist and being an individual again this would i this is the subject of the day, subject of the podcast. So I'm going to use that word a lot, yeah. but it's about being an individual, thinking outside the box. But of course, also take take your take your past with you, take what with you what brought you to the point where you wanted to do comics, because that's most likely comic book creators that did that. Yeah, so of totally. course you have. Take them, or take them with you in your inspiration and let them continue to push you, like support you with the, with the inspiration, but mm. don't let them take over you, if you understand. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's it, a fine line. Yeah, I agree. It's funny, actually, that, that you bring that up because David Finch was, in fact, one of the first artists that really directed the look of my style. And I rendered like him, I laid in my line weights and defined the illustration in the same way that he did. And my artwork did have a fairly similar look. It had a little bit of me in it, but in the beginning it was very David Finch looking. 
And then I added Mark Silvestri into the mix because I love Mark Silvestri's work. Absolute champion when it comes to uh, rendering and just the amount of energy within his illustrations. Um, I'm kind of disappointed, actually, that he doesn't put a little bit more out there these days. But I guess, you know, um, he's uh, he must be having some downtime or something. But um, And over time, my style has constantly evolved the look of it has changed again as you said we've mentioned in previous episodes but recently you know i saw you probably saw that i put out that uh that spawn illustration and you know there was just a really quick fan art that i did because i was inspired by some of the things i'd seen todd mcfarlane posting about the new spawn movie and i was like you know what i just want to blow off some steam so i drew up some spawn and i was like why haven't i drawn spawn before because he's one of my most favorite superheroes anti-heroes i should say anyway so i drew him up and it was i was going super fast because you know i only have so much time in the day and this was really you know uh, <laughs> a guilty pleasure of mine just drawing for the fun of it right and I realized that just by going so fast and not really thinking about it, just being really in the moment with it, that as I was laying down the rendering and the line work onto the page and this illustration was building up and growing into what it was ultimately going to become, that somehow all of all of the information and the knowledge that I'd gained from my influences had somehow kind of, I guess, fermented inside my mind. You know, I recently hadn't been drawing anything very complex with a lot of detail, um, you know, mostly being focused on, on this female heads course, which, you know, besides the hair of a female character, you're really not going to have a whole lot of detail in them, um, especially when you're only drawing their face, right? You want to keep it clean in order to maintain their youthful appearance. But drawing Spawn, of course, you're going to see a lot of shadow, a lot of rendering, a lot of gooey details as you define the different forms and stuff, you know, in his cape, in his, you know, face and that kind of thing. So as I was rendering this out, I was just like, man, where is this coming from? Like, I haven't thought about rendering or shadowing in, like, months. And somehow everything I'd learned, again, had just kind of formulated inside my unconscious mind and the output had become somewhat, you know, more natural. And I, I think it, w- it would have been almost like if I had thought about it too much, I would have screwed up somewhere in that illustration. Mm-hmm. Super weird, yeah. man. Like what, what is your, like, what are your thoughts on that? Because I'm still kind of discovering I... what, what the heck is going on with my own artistic growth. So it's really interesting to get a few different points of view on this stuff. I... Do you believe why, why why that happened? That it just became natural, and you didn't even think about it when you were. It's because you went th- through that trial and error phase as much as as you could. So the as again, the more you fail, the more it keeps coming into your conscious about it when you succeed, and it and it sticks like glue way better than if you just jump on board with whomever whomever artist you meet and. And, and just do what they do, but you continue to work on your own trial and error. I think that's what helps you make 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 it become so an a subconscious act when you then start just relaxing and let it flow out. Yeah, man, totally. Like I'm so excited to see where this goes. Like you know, again, I didn't expect that I'd be able to pull that off. That it would look the way it did. You know, I've always struggled with cross-hatching 
and getting the right tones based on the lighting conditions of setup for the illustration in which the character will be featured in. And so I was really blown away by just the minimal amount of technical, logical thinking that went into that. And it was really great to just let my creativity fly for once. You know, I'm an analytical thinker. When I when it comes to art, when it comes to drawing, it's, you know, like 20% of it is pure creativity. The other percent is all structure, right? You know, that's one of the reasons, you know, I guess one of the pros to that, there's a lot of negatives as far as being an artist goes, but one of the pros is it does make you a little bit better at teaching this stuff because you're able to break it down analytically speaking. But at the same time, you know, again, it's it's one of those things where it's very hard once you've defined those boundaries for yourself structurally to go beyond them, to really let your imagination fly and try out new things that are outside your comfort zone, outside the realm of rules that you've established for yourself. So, and, and as we but were I, talking about, I think those rules do come from the influences that that we've let direct us. If, yeah, and but again, having an analytical mindset, you even as an artist, because I, I do have it myself in 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 certain aspect, aspects at least, not as much as you do. I don't think anybody else has it like you do, Clayton. But <laughs> we've I've ta- I've mentioned that a few times, so I'll I'll let you off the hook this no, time. No, it's okay. It's okay. But, Everybody knows it. But, but if you are if you're being uh, being so deeply analytical about it that will also end up being a part of your subconscious when when you just let your sub- subconscious free then those wolves will still apply because you've kicked yourself in the head so many in the back of the head with it so many times that it, that it becomes natural remembering as well that's why i think it went it went so well with you when you just let it go because you had also used that analytical mindset to 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 help you slam it into your subconscious those those feeds that you also realize that you've that you've planted in there yeah totally man i think it's kind of like a approach it's almost like um you you get performance anxiety essentially right um, and that, especially if you're an analytical artist. So when I sit down at the drawing board, usually most days, because I'm working on course content and learning materials for howtodrawcomics.net, you know, that's basically my day job at this point in time, especially because we're on holidays from the university. The, the mindset that I'm sitting down in automatically by default is this analytical one. I'm thinking about, all right, how do I need to structure this in order to give the information and pass it on to whoever is watching so that they can pick it up, apply it, and basically achieve the same result that they're seeing me achieve on the screen, right? You've got to break it down in these in these analytical ways. But, you know, in doing that, you again, you get this kind of like performance anxiety happening when, where you're like, okay, have I not only come up with a beautiful piece of artwork that looks great but has it been executed along the way perfectly right because if there has been one step throughout that production process that hasn't you know it has to be redone right you can't be teaching people the wrong information 
and and the wrong steps because they're going to be you know they're going to be following along they're going to be putting what you're saying into action and if you lead them down the wrong way then you're going to get them lost so i guess as, as an analytical analytical artist and a teacher of this sort of thing that that's one of the things that is constantly on my mind so yeah man it was just really it was like a revelation to be able to, I guess, take all of this analytical knowledge that I'd taken in and then be able to use it for something truly creative uh, that I was passionate about, that I was just having fun with for the heck of it. And the funny thing I... is, man, that process, because I recorded that, right? So it'll be a video on the YouTube channel at some point. But that process probably would have been executed the best that that I could have ever done. If beyond thinking about it logically. Oh yeah, because yeah, I, I just by the way you 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 write about it compared to when you write about your your guides and classes and papers all that, uh, you can just feel it stem from from that from from your main post how 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 different it was for you to make like your venom as well. You were you you were more relaxed when doing that, as you as you said, and 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 it's easy to and it's easy to sense from you. So, I I have a I have a recommendation. Whenever you start your uh, drawing, sit sit on sit down on it. Start out having a quick sketch, just creative sketch, just get it flowing, and yeah. then end it end it like that as well, because. That way, you'll also keep your creative sense in check and and keep that boosted and strong. So, so it so it will be open and willing to take in what you do when you're being analytical, and in that way, it will be easier to go subconscious and easier for you to be more creative about things as as more you progress. So it be, become more. A creative feel even when you're teaching rather than an analytical yeah so you'll you'll be able to find more of a of a middleweight of those two so it both of them works with you instead of perhaps against you that which is what what you perhaps perhaps feel it can do at this time oh yeah absolutely man but that's fantastic advice, not just for me, but for everybody listening, especially if you can relate with what I'm talking about here, what we're discussing. Because, you know, again, if you're feeling that tension going into, say, a commission that you might have been, uh, you might be working on for a client or, you know, you've, you've got some kind of project that you're working on that's super important with super high, uh, I guess, stakes, you could say. Um, you know, most creative devs, I guess, don't have that huge of stakes, unless, of course, you're working on the production of a movie or something like that. Like, I'm sure the the concept artist on on the new Spawn movie would probably have a lot of a lot of pressure on them. But one of the best things you can do is just loosen up at the beginning of your day, you know, and that helps you to warm up as well for those more serious things that you want to get done throughout the working day. So you can warm up, warm down with a sketch that you have fun on, that you enjoy, that contains subject matter that really gets your creative juices flowing. That's probably the best way to approach it. I 100% agree with that, Rick. Uh, what was interesting... Oh, sorry, go. 
an artist in our group as well, the How to Draw the Comics group, James Dean, had had started asking asking the group for su- suggestions to do warm-up sketches where he said it has to be indie comics, it has to be superheroes, it has to be whatever he he felt he needed to at that time if you've seen the if you've seen him in the group. Mm-hmm. And that's really helpful as well. If you can't come up with the idea yourself for from for a quick warm-up sketch, there's plenty in the group that's more than willing to lend you a hand. But warm-up sketches are really important because it gets you into groove. No matter if you if you're doing analytical work or create just creative work, warm-up sketches it helps it helps prepare your hand and your co- eye coordination and everything. <laughs> totally, man. Like it's winter here right now in Australia, and uh, despite what you may think, Rick, it actually gets pretty darn cold here in the winter months. Probably nothing <laughs> compl- to complain about compared to you know other places <laughs> in the world, but. You know, I've got to admit that my hands are pretty stiff getting up in the morning. They take a little while to warm up. So, yeah, you're right. That's just age. That's just age. You're getting old. No, what are you talking about? Surely not. Not (laughs) not already. Nah. But yeah, yeah. You you need to you need to do the warm ups because you can seriously hurt yourself if you're not loose before you 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 really put strain on your uh, on on the work you're about to do because. You automatically put a little more attention in your body and strain when you do work that you get paid for, or, or, or work that you know is going to get out there. That work you always, no matter how loose you try to be, you always strain a little bit because you want that. It's the perfectionist in every artist that does that. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, so. So one of the things that really stuck out to me when you when you put this idea forward for the topic of today was what you said about the whole, you know, holding people by the hand when it comes to learning this stuff. And I think that that's a, you know, some... will jump onto the how to draw comics group, for example, and they'll say, hey, you know, I want to learn how to draw comic books and someone will post a comment down below saying i'll just google it right like you can google most anything and you can youtube it as well on top of that if you want to if you're really motivated to learn about it and it's almost like especially if you're an experienced artist when you see these really simplistic newbie questions being put forth it almost feels insulting like look you know like you you should if you're really serious about this for us to even consider helping you, you should have taken the initiative to actually go out there and try to get this really simple problem that you have handled on your own. So exactly. what are your thoughts on that? Is that kind of where you're coming at it from? Yeah, I mean, I mean, my, my, my attitude is more like uh, I've always been very direct and I call it like, like I see it. And when I see pe- people go like, Again, what kind of paper do you guys use? I'm like, my first thought is, it doesn't freaking matter. <laughs> uh, also, like, how how do I learn to start? Co- uh, how do I learn to draw comics? And I'm like, why ask us? You you should know. If you don't even know this, 
if you're this is the most simple quest it, this is just me thinking i'll never write that because it's it's rude and I, I want to be polite but if you but if you can't even come up with how to approach make starting drawing comics you're wasting your time here right you're wasting our time here in the group so how long, how many years have you been drawing for thus far Rick like producing art uh, let's just say on a on a on a committed level 10 years right on a committed but, level uh, other than that it's been 30 so so when you really got committed when you started getting serious about harnessing your abilities what were the first things that you placed your attention on that were problems that you seeked out advice for? Anatomy, basic construction of anatomy. Right. And my approach to do it was uh, might be really weird because where other artists would do, go to construction books, artist construction books for artists, I went to anatomy books for doctors and surgeons. Oh, that's a great what, idea. And what they what they study in school, school and all that. I went to that in order to in order to really get in depth, maybe even too much in depth that than necessary. But it taught me the hard way again, learning by doing and do take doing the grind, which will only help you in the long run. And I did it that way instead. And then after I did that and I had learned all the basic there was to know from those books, I went to the I went to the uh, the artist books and I said okay so you can actually just so these muscles here that are now the deltoid the whatever muscles is actually just this shape mixed with this shape this is easy. That was my thought. Mm. Like uh, this is easy, but I think if I had gone the other way around and started just with the artist books, it might have been harder for me to to digest it mentally and understand it. So but because because I knew from the doctor's books how the uh, anatomy works and how muscles were looking, it was easier to make make them in simple shapes. I'd say I I think that's what happened with me or maybe i was just lucky that i understood it quick quickly that makes a lot of sense how did you know to do that how did you know to find that like what was it that got you onto the medical books that showed you all of this anatomy was it somebody told you that that would no. be a good idea did you just think that that would be a good idea and decided to I, I always called it basic logic. If you want to, I mean, if you want to learn about muscles and anatomy, where do you look? Books Whoa. for doctors. Yeah. Books for that's that's logic in my head. That was that was rational thinking. Mm. And you get a lot of, a long way just by rational thinking. Like, okay, I I need to draw. I need to learn how to draw. Uh, to make panels for a comic book page. Where how do I learn that? Yeah. You go read a comic book. Totally. You know, it's it's funny because I'm just thinking about, um, you know, you're kind of a, a special case, you could say, Rick. Like, you're quite unique and, and rare in the way that you've gone about it because 
I think without some kind of catalyst to actually do this stuff and to learn about it, it's very difficult for people to just figure this stuff out on their own, to actually think of doing what you did. And, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, it does make a lot of sense. Like, logically, you would think that, hey, you know what, maybe you'll get a muscle-building book or something, right? Or you'll get a book on, you know, the, the doctor's anatomy and whatnot. Maybe an anatomy poster. You hang that up in your room. Um, I have one of those, actually. The, I'm looking at it right now. I have it. There you go, man. I got you pinned. Um, but the the funny thing is, is, you know, there's not a lot of people like that. However they have kind of come up with their own ways of working that don't work, if that makes sense. And then the trick is getting them to do the correct, simple things and then breaking them out of those bad habits, right? So, for example, someone someone might have come up with their own way of drawing the anatomy of their characters, but it's just completely off, right? So how do you tell them even the most the most simplest basic stuff such as for example they got their proportions wrong you know the muscles aren't sitting on the body quite correctly at the right sizes you know especially when we're already set in their ways what i've found is that it's very difficult to actually get people to do the simple stuff in the first place so you kind of got two sides two completely opposite sides of the same coin here where you've got people out there who are seeking out the simple stuff who want just a basic baseline to begin on as far as their progression as an artist but then on the other hand you've got people who are at a basic level who think they've already figured it all out right yeah so I think that's that's a very interesting uh, observation as well that I've come across. It's almost like you want this in between point where you want to be you want to have the initiative to kind of go out there and explore and try to put the pieces of the puzzle together on your own because otherwise it's not going to come together. I mean you've got to be the person to do that. And if that does mean going out there and, and seeking knowledge from somebody more experienced than you, then that's great in my opinion. Um, but yeah, again, you kind of, you want to be willing enough and open enough to actually ask questions, to take on advice that is coming from good places as well. But uh, then now we are talking about when you've, when you've gone beyond the basic knowledge as if, as in doing the basic structure, because that's what that's what the, my problem was to begin with as I mentioned that is filling up in in the group and questions asked there those 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 parts in my views you need to f- figure out for yourself e- either by taking by taking advantage of the, of Google there's thousands of tutorials and guides both art-wise and also anatomy, doctor-wise, and everything you need to know in order to make basic structure in that way. Mm. But then go and seek people out deliberately and directly. You at least should have the respect for the for the artist you do that to, to know your basics. Because there's no real artist, even even a, even though they want to be as kind as possible, that that really want to bother with a person that doesn't even know how to turn their pencil. 
<laughs> exaggeration, but I'm sure you guys know what I mean. Yeah, right. I mean, it's interesting, because, man, because like we're all starting at different levels, right? Like we're all coming into this art form from a variety of different places and backgrounds and experience. And I guess, you know, I think about the How to Draw Comics group and I imagine that people, in order to find that group, are literally searching either into Google or Facebook itself how to draw comics because they want to get this stuff figured out, whether they're just learning how to hold a pencil or, you know, they're learning about composition and panel layout, you know, beginner to advanced. And I do feel like I'm very reluctant to begin setting bars for entry, essentially, where, you know, some people's questions are appropriate and others are just, you know, not based on the beginner to advanced level that they might or might not be at. Well, I can understand that because it has to be open for everybody. But when, when for me, when the group starts getting more filled with those kind of questions rather than actual art and show of pro progress, and you have to scroll down like two, three pages before before you see your first piece of actual art, then you, then you get annoyed, and it's like this is not what the group is about. The group weren't, as I see it correct me if, if I'm wrong, weren't made to hold people's hand and guide them through the, the whole idea and universe of creating comics. It was made for people to share their experiences and then share their artwork and ask for help to further their own already built up progression. It wasn't, it wasn't made for a guy coming in I know nothing tell me everything well I mean you know the funny thing is it it was in a way Rick um, you know it's the last thing I did the funny thing is the last thing I want that group to become is uh, a place to just showcase your art and to show off um, you know I really did intend for it to be this learning hub where you had experienced people and you had beginners all of which were kind of coming together in this giant study group right and i do agree with you to an extent i think that you know when it's a whole lot of one or the other then it can get a little bit repetitive i definitely get that um so it's interesting to, to hear where you're coming at it from i mean it is how to draw comics so and I, you know me, man, I, I try to make everybody feel as welcome as I possibly can. I'm a big softie at the end of the day. Ask anybody, they'll tell you. Oh, really? <laughs> Clayton's no, really? a softie, Rick's a hard-ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not a hard-ass, I'm Scandinavian. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we just built, we have just built harder, apparently. I think it's, it's the cold. <laughs> Must be. Must be. But I, I do agree with, I, I can understand your point because you don't want to hurt people's feelings because you could potentially hurt someone's feelings that was actually wanting really, really much and could have had a career in the comic books if he had, if he had just gotten the help at the beginning that well, he, he asked for. So I can understand that as well. So, so it is, again, as most things we talk about, talk about, really 
a really a, a subject with a lot lots of difference of opinions and mm. really touchy subject in all. Which is totally and that's okay. that's what I like and that's what I like about it. Yeah, I th- I think about the mission of how to draw comics. You know why I began it in the first place. And it was because I started from a place where I didn't know jack about what I was doing. You know, I didn't know nothing. And without the people there who helped me at the time, because, man, I had a lot of questions. I reached out to Greg Capullo. I reached out to a bunch of artists on DeviantArt. And I really did go out there and seek out advice because, you know, that's kind of what was encouraged uh, back then. You know, I'm a big fan of, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but I really love Tony Robbins and those types of motivational speakers who talk yeah. about this notion of modeling yourself based on other people. So you think about, the, say, for example, the kind of artist you want to be and the kind of work that you want to create. You find somebody who's already doing the ideal of that and you figure out what they did to get to the place that they arrived to. And so, you know, that's exactly what I did. I'd go into DeviantArt and I'd find these amazing artists who had this incredible rendering style, who were, you know, creating these immaculate compositions full of detail. And I'd go out there and and I'd ask them. I remember um, Kanan White, he's one of the people, one of the members of the How to Draw Comics. He's always a super helpful guy. I've known him for almost 10 years now. There you go, right? So Uh, I've known him since I was probably about 16. He doesn't know that. But I, he probably doesn't remember this, but I actually messaged him back then. And I asked him for some advice on my work. And let me tell you, man, my artwork wasn't worth looking at back then. Um, It was very amateur. And I've come a long way since then. But, you know, maybe none of these people on their own uh, the 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 credit all the credit for the the impact that they made on on the progress that that I've actually gone through over these you know all these years but at the same time I think they all played a little role in one way or another and that's why I created how to draw comics.net because if I could play a role in some other you know art, a person person's life who wants to get into this who wants a place to begin and wants a place to progress beyond where they're at, whether they're advanced or or just starting out, you know, I think that that's really what drives me to to put all the work and the time and energy into that website, into the group, and and what I really want to achieve with it. I I completely understand that. But Clayton, when when you first approached those people, didn't you at least know your basics? Didn't you at least know... How to make how to make circles on paper? Didn't you at least know some basics? So you had that. So you had the beginning, the beginning layer at least before you started contacting people. That's that's my point. I mean, at least know basics before you start contacting and and pulling pulling people at uh, people to help you. And those basics are so easy to, uh, basically easy to learn. You can go to, to a library and get books about it. I'm sure. So yeah, did you didn't you at least know some sort of basics before you started contacting art other artists? 
Well, it's kind of like you're right. Like you start out with something regardless, right? And for me, uh, back in the day, it was probably just a, you know what I used to use, man, before I used anything else? I'd used a biro, just a basic big biro and, um, you know, a ballpoint pen. Yeah. And I'd render and I'd kind of, I guess, shade all of my artwork out like this. You can find it actually. There's a very old blog of mine. It's a blogger account. And I used to post this artwork up there, super old stuff, man, like 2006. And it's still up there. You can still find it. And that was all created using a ballpoint pen. And that was great. You know, that's kind of what I figured on my own. I think the only reason I started using a ballpoint pen was because my mother used ballpoint pens to write her shopping lists. So that was all that was lying around the house. And then beyond that, you know, I was sketching things up in my school book, so I was using blue-lined paper to, to do that as well. And the thing is, is, you know, when when you're trying to really figure out the, the artist that you want to become and how you're going to create this stuff, the way in which you're going to work, like, you've you got to know that, using a ballpoint pen for example is just not going to give your work the the look that say mark silvestri's work has where you're looking at the essentially the sharp energetic inks of joe weems on the page right so say for example i I do joe weems's course right which you can find in the gnomon workshop where he shows you the inking techniques that he uses with his crow quill uh pen or his, his crow quill, I don't know if it's pen, it's just a quill of some kind, but, um, you know, he shows you how to use that, but I'm going to have, you know, the, these questions about it as well, so is it okay for me to, to go and message him then at that point, even though he's this experienced artist, is he going to tell me that, you know, I should have figured this stuff out on my own, you know, come back when you've taken the initiative to, to work out the basics? You know what I but mean? You already, but, but you already have just by just by watching that video and trying yeah, to that, learn from it. That is true. That is very true. But even like finding yeah. that stuff, man, I, I guess it's everywhere these days. Back then, you know, you, oh, you yeah, might yeah. get a recommendation from somebody and you're just so thankful that you found that person that gave you the recommendation because now you've got all this cool new knowledge that you can put into play. Yeah, it was harder back then. I agree, but this, but we we are we're kind of talking now, after all, and things things have changed when it comes to that. You don't you almost don't even have to click two times, and you have everything you kind of need to get started on Google. Yeah, that's true. Just write just write drawing in Google, and I'm and I'm sure there'll be something for uh, some something for everybody to find. Yeah, basics. But my point is. <clears throat> As as I was saying, you you mix it up a, li- a little. My point is those people that come in from absolute absolutely nothing by the sounds of how they they write in their posts. Those are the people that I'm now that I'm that I'm saying uh, telling to at least do your own basics. So what do you what do you think it is? Why haven't they done that yet? Yet, uh, one could say, I could be, I could be, uh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, be controversial here. <laughs> I'm gonna be controversial here and say You're it's gonna get this podcast a, popular. 
<laughs> it's gonna be I'm I'm gonna call it well typical a millennial uh, behavior that right. expect expecting some uh, everybody else to 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 hold their hand and guide them and and show them and point their point the way to everything. I'm sorry, I don't mean all millennials, but it's just become that thing that millennials have been known for one of the bad things. So I don't mean it like that, that all millennials are bad. Don't worry, guys, don't hate me more than you usually do. It's not like that. But you know what I mean. I think it's people like that that's not used to do things on their own because they've been helped with everything else in their life in one way or the other. You sound... A little bit irritated with the uh, the millennials, Rick. <laughs> well, I, I I'm irritated about people that can't do things on their own. Yeah, look, I, I totally agree with you, man. I I and it's not I mean, it's not millennials only. I mean, people some people my age are like that as well. But hmm. it's just it's just one of those one of those stamps millennials have gotten. Yeah, I think it's a people thing at the end of the day, man. Some some people are motivated more than others. I mean, I I in one sense I do agree with you. I think people who aren't willing to put in the effort really, uh, you know, they're going to reap what they sow, right? I mean, if you put nothing in, you're going to get nothing out, and that's just the way that things work in reality. But I think that that maybe means two different things to you and I, um, because I do feel as though that you know there's there's always going to be that that person who's just starting out who really has no idea what they're doing and and where to begin and it's going to be really basic stuff so I guess as advanced as I get and as much as I grow I try to remain humble and I do try to remember my roots and where it all began for me so that I can still relate to those who are still starting out um, but at the same yeah, I time, I believe good. that you've you got to work hard. If you're just starting mm. out, that just means you've got to work harder than me to get to my level, right? You know, once, once you're at, once you're at the, the advanced level, you, there's kind of maybe a few things here and there that you're focused on, but you can take your time to learn about those things. You've got everything else handled. Someone just starting out, though, they've got to be really motivated, driven, and committed to getting better, to addressing all the things that they're going to have to learn about in order to progress through the, the various levels and to get to where they want to be. And, and you hit it right there also by by the way that you and I have been raised differently when it comes to being art, where I had to, I came from a logical thinking, a militant background where it was always taught if you want to do something, do it yourself kind of way. Totally, man. Where you've more been and more been surrounded with people willing to willing to help you not not hold your hand and do it for you but help you in 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 a, in the good in the good way of helping people yeah where where i have done it by myself so of course that also brings different mentalities on this on on this subject did you ever feel like you could ask somebody for help though or was it kind of like everything you did even I never felt you kind of had to figure it felt, out on your own. I never felt that I had, that I needed to because I always felt that if they could find out, well, I could find out. I, I read I read 
interviews of, of from artists i read i read blogs artists did and and learned that way i never contacted them directly but i learned by i learned also by by seeing what they did mm. in the same way i but that way i didn't feel like i was i i i was annoying them so to speak because that's what that's how i feel when i contact people that are, might be an annoyance asking about help and that's right. basically also what so, might also have helped help my approach in learning because i didn't want to bother anybody well that may explain your approach in the first place because you don't you have this feeling like you don't want to bother anybody and so you never really ask for that help directly and man, how great are books, by the way? I just got to say that books yeah. and there's courses that are out there. That's just brilliant. It's basically like having a mentor in the room with you teaching you this stuff. It's brilliant. Um, so yeah, in that sense, it's even better than really you know asking somebody for help. But you know, we got about you know maybe about four or five minutes left on this episode. Why don't we kind of give? A piece of advice from both our different points of view to those who are just starting out and and want to kind of begin their journey as comic book artists. What would you advise them to do as far as, you know, the approach that they should take and kind of, you know, where they should start, where they should look in order to get underway? The library. Art yeah. books. Yeah. And simple art books in the library, even though the style it's done in may not look as what you you envision your your style is going to be it's still the basic art it's still the basic teachings that's important not the artwork in itself but the teachings in it go to the library go to google yeah but that's that, that's what i did i didn't have google at that time but i went to the library i start i read i read Tons of different books, uh, anatomy books, doctor's books, artist books, everything I could get my hands up on, I read and I swallow it, it whole, so to speak. Totally. And that's my advice because then you learn on your own. You feel like, okay, I'm doing this on my own. And it gives you, in my perspective, perhaps a better ground uh, groundwork and better conf confidence cool. cool of moving forward yeah that's awesome man and you know i'm gonna 100 percent agree with you there rick and i'm gonna build on top of it a little bit to everyone out there who is just starting their journey as a comic book artist what I'd say is, as well as what Rick said, you know, again, go out there, find all the books you can, buy all the courses you can, and soak up the absolute ton of information that is freely available out there on the web, and most importantly, actually put it into practice, because that's the key. See, a lot of people, they read these books, they watch these courses, but they never actually put it into practice, and they wonder why they make no progress. So you've got to put it into practice. That is the key. But beyond that, be brave enough to put your work out there, especially 
if you're a beginner, especially if you're not happy with it and you want it to improve. You gotta put it out there on forums such as the How to Draw Comics Facebook group, for example, or you know, any other forum that is out there, whether you're doing comic book art, concept art, digital art, whatever it is, and ask for advice, ask for feedback, ask for direction. Most of the time, here's here's what not many people realize. The pros kind of enjoy, or the more experienced people, they kind of enjoy, um, and they get a little bit of an ego boost from giving advice to people who are just coming up in the game. It's it's true, you know. It's, some people will kind of shut you down. Rick may be one of those people, so you better watch out. But... Um, you know, there's going to be people out there that uh, feel kind of humbled that you're coming to them for advice. You know, they're like, oh, because, I mean, you know, and I can only speak for myself here, but it's almost like everything I learn, I immediately want to tell somebody else. Like, I don't know if you get that, Rick, but the, the moment I learn something new, I'm like, I have to tell somebody. So I end up oh, telling oh, yeah. people who don't even care about what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm different than that. I, I only tell people that I feel have have some sort of the same drive and commitment as me, oh, or else yeah. I feel like it it it's just wasted. I I'm to, I, I want to spread the news to people that I feel and can sense, one appreciate would appreciate it as much as I do. Absolutely, and you know the other thing to remember is is that you might ask the you might ask these people for advice. Um, these other artists, these more experienced uh, creators, and they're not always going to have the time to get back to you. Like they're usually going to be busy people trying to get things done. You know, I'm speaking um, from from my point of view here because I do get people asking me questions, and some people may be able to get back to. Some people just fall behind in the in the in, old inbox, and um, yes. I'm notoriously terrible at getting back to emails. Actually, um, it's not a good thing. Um, I'm sorry to anybody who's messaged to me, but at least you're getting back to uh, back on my messages. But that's only because <laughs> it's podcast related. Exactly. Uh, I know how you feel because after I started just by becoming an an administrator in in the How to Draw Comics, I've my my inbox on uh, on YouTube and on Facebook has oh damn it it's it gets spammy at times. Yeah, and not just because of problems with the group, but advice on how to approach things. And now that I'm in this podcast as well, and people have heard about my opinions here, and apparently, apparently, I've been speaking so smartly that people actually think I'm good at what I do. For some reason, I don't know. <laughs> so, so they've started to uh, to also call me out on that, and 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 ask me further into conversations I've had here. And what did I mean more specifically? Because they well, got that's interested. Great. That's really great. And it's really hard to keep up. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, it, it is really hard to keep up. And, um, you know, but you know what? Keep on messaging those people. You, you know, like, don't harass them or anything like that. Message them maybe once or twice or three times max. Um, and don't spam them. But make sure that your messages are concise. Send them examples of your work and really try to get specific about what you want help on. And, you know, their reply might be short. It might be a little bit longer than, than you're even expecting. But 
they they will usually get back to you and um yeah again be brave enough to to put yourself out there and you'll find that it does pay off because there is the knowledge that you can get from a book but you know beyond that book you're going to start putting things into practice just like these more experienced artists have done and you're going to learn new things not from a book or a third party source but from your own knowledge and it's those pearls of wisdom that those more experienced artists are going to be able to give to you if you're you're brave enough to ask them so that is my take on it that is Rick's take on it and I guess we can call it a wrap on this one Rick what do you say I agree <laughs> it's I think I, I think I, I think I ranted enough about this subject for for one podcast no, I love it. I, I think this is a, this is a fantastic subject, and it again, like I said, it's very applicable and and relevant to all of us. I think you know, even some of us more experienced people. You know, we got to remember to not be afraid to ask people for advice. That's why I always try to put my stuff out onto the How to Draw Comics group because sometimes I'll see a ton of problems in it, and you know, I I'll either want those problems to be solved in some way by people giving me solutions on the on the group or you know they'll they'll put those those anxiety feelings that i have uh about the work you know on hold or you know hopefully they'll they'll kind of allow me to put them to rest because maybe whatever i thought was wrong with the artwork isn't really that serious or noticeable anyway so but you never know yeah well if you, if you ever want someone to to shut your shut your shut your perfectionist down, you know, come to me. I'll tell you to I'll tell you to back up. <laughs> okay, Rick. No worries. I'll be I'll, back, I'll, sure be, I'll be I'll be I'll be my hard ass Scandinavian. You're you're you are a, a hard ass Scandinavian, and <laughs> we love you, man. We love you. It's kind of like it's it's good that we've got me as kind of like the the nurturing maternal figure <laughs> in this partnership and then we've got you as like the the hard ass who's like nope cut cut the shit get to work get your head down i don't want to hear your whining get you, to it you you eat your damn broccoli and like it exactly exactly <laughs> it's fantastic man well thanks so much for being here rick do you have any announcements that you want to put out there i don't think i do not yet not yet also Except for those that missed it, the challenge of the month for last month is over and it's been announced. The next one will be up before this podcast is up. So keep an eye out. If you haven't seen it yet, it's out, the new one. On it's going to be great. Group, right? Yeah. Cool. It's going to awesome. be great. Can't wait, man. It will be good. And uh, also, another neat little idea I had was, I figured since I'm doing, you know, these uh, little fun sketches and uh, artwork just for the hell of it, I figured that maybe for some of the album covers, at least for the podcast episodes, I would I would actually create them and re- record the process so that we could upload these podcasts to YouTube. So that if you're listening to this on YouTube, you can actually watch the creation of the album cover happen as you're listening to the podcast. I mean, I just thought that that would be pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> we we talked we talked about that earlier, but you were too you were too busy at that time, or at least you didn't feel like it at that time. 
Well, I but didn't I'm glad realize it would it would take me. Um, uh, you know, I, I thought yeah. that it would be a much epicer challenge and uh, ordeal yeah. than yeah, yeah. I initially thought. Yeah. So, so your next warm up is gonna be Freakazoid. You heard it here first, folks. Freakazoid. Who's Freakazoid? And this is the end of the podcast. <laughs> Now, no I'll, teach, I'll, teach, I'll teach you I'll teach you okay you can t- teach me about it alright yeah. Rick I'll catch you later man thanks so much for being here and to all the listeners out there listening thank you for joining us for another HTDC podcast episode we will see you here next time